Welcome to A Beggar Who Found Bread. I am Brad Alexander. I'm a beggar, and I'm your host. I found bread, and I want others to experience what happens when you consume it. The bread of life, Messiah Yeshua. This episode, New Sensation. Shout out to Australian indie rockers In Excess for the title to this episode. In Excess had their heyday in the late 80s, early 90s. Originally, they were called the Ferris Brothers, and then briefly, the Vegetables. Fortunately, Midnight Oil's band manager, Gary Morris, convinced them to go with In Excess, and they did, and it paid off for them. Morris actually would later present them with the gospel and encourage them to be a Christian band. They refused both of those invitations at the time and would go on to produce such songs as The Devil Inside, Suicide Blonde, and Original Sin. Tragically, in 1997, lead singer Michael Hutchins would die by suicide, hanging himself in a hotel room. The band made attempts to continue, but finally called it quits in 2012, and they even briefly had Terrence Trent Darby on vocals. I really don't have an excessive amount of info on In Excess, which is okay because it's not about the music anyway. It's about the message, New Sensation. So, let's talk about covenants. First thing I got to say is, there are times and uh, that I've experienced, and I'm, I'm sure you have too, where you go in digging and looking and studying something, and then God opens your eyes to something completely different or, or new. And as I, I was going through this study for a moment, I was like, uh, I think God just broke my brain. But in reality, my brain was broke. And I think in this, God has fixed my brain and my heart on some things. And so I will ask you to bear with me and I will encourage you, please study to show yourselves approved of God. Don't just simply take what I say as uh, as fact because I'm saying it. Please study to show yourselves approved of God. And also the other side is don't just simply discount or write off what I say because it contradicts what you have learned in the past. Please study to show yourselves approved of God. Dig into his word. So covenants are a fascinating study for sure. And, and I'll tell you that one thing is I'm learning more and more to stop approaching God with my preconceived ideas and then looking for scriptures to support them. It's like in the new Sherlock Holmes movies with Robert Downey Jr. Jr. Holmes criticizes the police who have a theory and then look to find facts to substantiate it. And he tells Watson, you have to look for facts and then you'll have a theory to support them. In the scriptures, we see a variety of covenants. So we see the Noahic or Noahide covenant, and the sign of that is the rainbow. There is the Abrahamic covenant, and the sign of that is circumcision. The covenant at Mount Sinai, the sign of which is the Sabbath, Shabbat. The Davidic covenant, and the sign of that is the temple. And the new covenant with the sign being the outpouring of Adonai's spirit. So first things first. When we speak of the old and the new covenant, we have to recognize something. We have to lay this out from the start. What we call the Old Testament 
the, the 39 books of, of writings, the Old Testament, the Tanakh, that is not the Old Covenant. And what we call the New Testament, the Brit Hadashah, is not the New Covenant. See, that's, that's kind of a dangerous misnomer, which leads to replacement theology, which leads to lunacy. In the Tanakh, we have the Torah, the writings, and the prophets. In the Brit Hadashah, we have the writings of the apostles, the Gospels, Epistles, and Revelation. Genesis through Malachi is not the Old Covenant, nor is Matthew through Revelation the New Covenant. I just needed to state that for clarification's sake. The covenants, well, let's look into that, because what is a covenant? A covenant is an agreement between two parties. So when we discuss the old and new covenant, we're not discussing old and new laws, old and new commandments. God's word is spelling out an old and new agreement, a covenant. We read in Hebrews chapter 8, starting at verse 8, for finding fault with them, he says, Behold, the days are coming, says Adonai, when I will inaugurate a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with their fathers on the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt. For they did not remain in my covenant, and I did not care for them, says Adonai. So Adonai says he is going to inaugurate a new covenant agreement. Not like the old agreement, because the people didn't remain in the old agreement. They broke it. So let's take a look at the old covenant. What was that agreement? Exodus 24 reveals it. See, by now, Adonai has given the Torah, the law, to Moses to present to the people. He did so in Exodus 20. And we're going to pick up here in Exodus 24 at verse 3. So Moses came and told the people all the words of Adonai as well as all the ordinances. All the people answered with one voice and said, All the words which Adonai has spoken, we will do. So Moses wrote down all the words of Adonai, then rose up early in the morning and built an altar below the mountain along with 12 pair pillars for the 12 tribes of Israel. He then sent out young men of the children of Israel, B'nai Israel, who sacrificed burnt offerings and fellowship offerings of oxen to Adonai. Then Moses took half of the blood and put it in basins, and the other half he poured out against the altar. He took the scroll of the covenant and read it in the hearing of the people. Again, they said, all that Adonai has spoken, we will do and obey. Then Moses took the blood, sprinkled it on the people, and said, Behold, the blood of the covenant, which Adonai has cut with you, in agreement with all these words. So, the agreement was, as the people spoke, all that Adonai has spoken, we will do and obey. There's the agreement, right? There is the covenant, the agreement. God spelled out his Torah, his law and commands, how he wants his people to live. And the people enter in the agreement saying, 
all that Adonai has spoken, we will do and obey. That is the old covenant. The people broke their agreement almost immediately. We see in Exodus 32, the making and worshiping of the golden calf. So from Hebrews chapter 8, we read in verse 9, Uh, regarding the new covenant, it will not be like the covenant I made with their fathers on the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt. So the new covenant, the new agreement Adonai will make is not going to be like the one he made back at Sinai. I want to jump to Jeremiah 31 because that's where what the writer of Hebrews is quoting because the new covenant actually goes a lot farther than what Hebrews 8 covers, and it goes a lot farther than what we typically read in Jeremiah 31. So for right now, starting at verse 30 in Jeremiah 31, Behold, the days are coming. It is a declaration of Adonai when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Not like the covenant I made with their fathers in the day I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, for they broke my covenant, though I was a husband to them. It is a declaration of Adonai. But this is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after those days. It is a declaration of Adonai. I will put my Torah within them. Yes, I will write it on their heart. I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will each teach his neighbor or each his brother saying, No, Adonai, for they will all know me from the least of them to the greatest. It is a declaration of Adonai for I will forgive their iniquity and their sin I will remember no more. So to reiterate, not like the one In the day I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, for they broke my covenant, though I was a husband to them. It is a declaration of Adonai. God's people broke the agreement, though he was faithful to them, using the word husband to underscore the relationship to speak to the adultery of the people. In marriage, if one is unfaithful to their spouse, it is a broken covenant covenant, a broken agreement. You agree to be faithful when you are wed. If one is unfaithful, broken agreement, broken covenant. Adonai uses that picture often through scripture in relation, specifically in the relation to the behavior of his people regarding adultery, being unfaithful to him, broken covenant, breaking the agreement that we will do all that Adonai has said. So let's take a look at the new agreement, the new covenant, which begins in verse 33 of Jeremiah 31. But this is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after those days. It is a declaration of Adonai. I will put my Torah within them. Yes, I will write it on their heart. I will be their God and they will be my people. We see in this new covenant, first of all, God is not changing the law, Torah. It is not a new law. He is taking his law, which the scriptures say in various places is perfect Adonai is Lord, and he changes not. His word endures forever. Yeshua is his word made flesh. And Yeshua, Messiah, 
He is the same yesterday and today and forever. And when it comes to the Torah of God, no one is to add to it or remove from it. And Yeshua, King Messiah, said, not one yod or tittle will be removed. Not the smallest pen stroke will be removed from the law until heaven and earth pass away. It's forever. So in changing the covenant, the agreement, he is not changing his word for it is forever settled in heaven. No, he's not changing his Torah. He is changing his creation, his people. See, this new agreement, the new covenant, it's not going to be with outward lip service. They honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. So it's not going to be a simple, wow, no, no, no. We really mean it this time. We will follow your word. No. He will start with our hearts. I will put my Torah within them. Yes, I will write it on their heart. Again, at the risk of being redundant, please notice it's not a new Torah. It is a new covenant where he will put his Torah, the same Torah within us and write it on our hearts. This is what El Shaddai is doing through Messiah Yeshua, who we read in Hebrews chapter 8, has a better ministry than that of Aaron. Why is, is his ministry better? Because Yeshua is the mediator of a better covenant, a better agreement, not a better law. It's the same law, but a better agreement, a better covenant. The law of Adonai is perfect. So before I get too far in this, I should point out, as we discuss this new covenant, we might want to note to whom it is made, because that's important. Because like so many other misconceptions, it is not, old covenant is for Jews, new covenant is for Gentiles or for Christians. No. Let's look, shall we? Back to verse 30, just so we're clear. Behold, days are coming. It is the declaration of Adonai when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. And yes, those are the exact same words used in the New Testament book of Hebrews. They better be, yo, he's quoting Jeremiah. So the new covenant is made with Israel and Judah. Well, what does that mean? It means anyone Entering into this covenant must associate, be affiliated with Israel, which we Gentiles can do by following King Messiah Yeshua. He gives us access into the commonwealth. Hallelujah. So after saying he will write his law on the hearts of Israel and put it within them, he says, I will be their God and they will be my people. There is more to it also that follows that and it continues to flow. But I need to pause here for a moment and we will circle back. Lord willing. The latter part of chapter 31 speaks of the eternal existence of Israel. Hashem puts it in no uncertain terms that he will reestablish and sustain Israel forever. Read through that and you will see the language he uses. And Jerusalem is going to be rebuilt. Yeah, the new Jerusalem. 
all of this, all of these things are part of the new covenant, which he makes with Israel and Judah. The new covenant really continues through chapters 32, 33, and into 34 of Jeremiah. And I encourage you, please dig in and read those because as amazing as the portion is that, we, that we're going to read today and that most of us uh, read and, and focus on, there is so much more. It, it's, it's just incredible what, what God has done, what God is doing, and what he will do. There is something that sticks out big in chapter 33, Jeremiah 33, verses 23 through 26. The word of Adonai came to Jeremiah saying, Have you not noticed what this people have spoken, saying, The two families which Adonai did choose? He has rejected them. Thus they despise my people, no longer a nation before them. Thus says Adonai, If I have not made my covenant of day and night firm, and the fixed patterns ordering the heavens and the earth, only then would I reject the offspring of Jacob and of my servant David, so that I would not take from his offspring rulers of the, over the offspring of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. For I will restore them from their exile and have compassion on them. The two families mentioned there is a reference to the two houses, Israel and Judah. And the people say, look at that. God has rejected them. God has rejected the families that he chose. That is a straight up reference to replacement theology. The teaching that Christians have replaced Israel as the chosen of Adonai. Mm -mm. May it never be. It can't be. It won't be. That isn't what God's word says or what it teaches. The new covenant is for Israel and Judah. And as I previously stated, if any Gentile wants to be a part in God's kingdom, a part in this covenant, we must do it as a part of Israel, grafted in through Yeshua HaMashiach, King Messiah. We have seen the covenant is an agreement. New covenant is God's new agreement with his people. And in this new covenant, he will place his eternally established law, Torah, in his people and write them on their hearts. The law written on tablets is the same law written on hearts. The new covenant changing the people to have the Torah written on their hearts which isn't actually a new idea. Deuteronomy 6, starting at verse 4, the commandment of our master, Yeshua, that he told us was the most important. Deuteronomy 6, starting at verse 4, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love Adonai your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These words, which I am commanding you today, are to be on your heart. So, it's been God's, God's intention all along that his word would be on our hearts. That we would, we would speak it with our mouths and that we would live it, that it would be in and on our hearts. In the new covenant, this new covenant, no more lip service. 
He's writing it there. Why? So we don't have to do it because it's on our heart? Uh, no. No, 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 no. That's not at all. If it's on our heart, it's how we live. We will do it. Sorry. I was actually just trying to recap there a bit and I got a little bit distracted. But so the new agreement, it's a new agreement, new covenant, same law. The new covenant is for Israel and Judah. Gentiles may be grafted into Israel through following the great rabbi and high priest, Yeshua. So we know the who, we know the why. His people broke the old agreement, right? Broke the old covenant. So we know why there will be a new covenant. We know the who, we know the why, we know the how. God is going to do it, making us new creations, writing his Torah on our hearts. So what about the when? Hmm. Herein lies the rub, methinks. And as always, again, I encourage you, study. Show yourselves approved of God. So when does the new covenant take effect? Well, Jeremiah tells us when. Starting in verse 30, he says, Behold, the days are coming. It is a declaration of Adonai. So when we see this statement, and we, and we do see it frequently in the scriptures, Behold, the days are coming, or Behold, the day is coming. It's a reference to the Messianic age, the Messianic era, commonly called the thousand-year reign, as referenced in Revelation. This is when the resurrection happens, and that, that will begin the thousand-year reign. That's when the new covenant is enacted. Whoa, 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 slow down, pump the brakes. There's much scriptural evidence to back this up. So we have to look what happens after this covenant is in effect because God says he's going to do these things. He's going to make this new covenant. And, but this is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after those days. It is my declaration. It is a declaration of Adonai. I will put my Torah within them. Yes, I will write it on their heart. I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will each teach his neighbor or each his brother saying, no, Adonai. For they will all know me from the least of them to the greatest. It is a declaration of Adonai. For I will forgive their iniquity and their sin I will remember no more. When Adonai's Torah is written on the hearts of his people, will they be able to do anything else? Will they be able to do anything contrary to, to it? When it is truly the whole of it written on the hearts of his people, will we be able to sin? No, I don't believe so. We will in totality be his people. He will wholly, completely be our God. See, currently we're in the state that the Apostle Paul spells out in Romans 7. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. We wrestle with it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait, Brad, bro, you said at the beginning that the sign of the new covenant is the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Hmm, that happened in Acts chapter 2. Yes, it did. Man, appreciate you bringing that up. Because it did happen. And Peter even quoted the prophet Joel about the outpouring of the Spirit, saying it is what happened at that time. 
as I understand it, and I believe many of you do as well, many, if not all, biblical prophecies have an early and a latter fulfilling, just as there is an early and a latter harvest. Because Paul had the Holy Spirit. So why did he struggle with sin? Do we think right now that we have more of the Holy Spirit than Paul did then? Actually, there's some folks that teach we have less than what he had, but that's a topic for another time. No, we we born-again followers of Yeshua who have been baptized in the Spirit. Listen to the On Fire episode for more on that. We have the same portion of the Spirit as Paul. What does Paul say of that outpouring of the Spirit? What did he call it? In Ephesians 1, 13 and verses 14, after you heard the message of truth, the good news of your salvation, and when you put your trust in him, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, Ruach HaKodesh. He is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of his possession to his glorious praise. We are sealed with, like the signet ring of a king in hot wax seal, we are sealed with the Holy Spirit God promised us through the prophet Joel, Ezekiel, and others. He, the Holy Spirit, is the guarantee of our inheritance. We don't have it all yet. The measure of the Spirit we have is the down payment. It's the earnest money, if you will. It is a foretaste of what is to come in the Messianic era. We will have glorified bodies after the resurrection. We will live and, and reign with Messiah in the Messianic era. Also in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, Paul writes, starting at verse 21, Now it is God who establishes us with you in Messiah. He anointed us, set his seal on us, and gave us the Spirit, Ruach, in our hearts as a pledge. What we currently have is not the full meal deal. We have the deposit. We are eagerly waiting for the resurrection of our bodies. We're waiting for the fulfillment, the messianic age to begin. Because think about what will happen in the millennial reign, the, the reign of Messiah. Our evil, sinful instincts will be subdued. They will be bound. We will walk unwaveringly in the Torah of Adonai. Our, again, our sinful instincts, our flesh, fleshly desires, they're going to be bound, subdued, even as the dragon or the devil is bound in Revelation. Read it. We will walk in complete, total obedience to the Torah of Adonai as we walk in the fullness of his spirit with his word written wholly, completely on our hearts. And we won't need to tell anyone to know God because everyone who is there in that millennial reign, where the new Jerusalem is, where the total, completely reconciled, restored Israel is, everyone will know him. Everyone who's there will know him. And not just know about him, but know him in an intimate relationship. Do we see those things happening right here and now? Come on, you know the answer is no. We don't see all those things happening. 
But that's what God says is going to happen with this new covenant through Messiah Yeshua. The reality is, in the Messianic era, evangelists are going to have to find something else to do. Yeah, because they aren't going to have to tell anyone to know God because everyone will know God. And I actually, the strange thing is, I know of people who think that 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 passage applies today, that you won't have to tell everyone to know God because everybody's going to know God. So they don't, they refuse to preach the gospel because they say everyone knows of God. Now they just need to decide. The passage says, Everyone will know him, not just know of him. Our desire is certainly to to know him and to be known by him. And that's, that's really what this is talking about. It's talking about that relationship that will occur in the millennial reign, in the messianic era. And remember the haunting words of Yeshua when he said, depart from me, you workers of lawlessness, I never knew you. We want to know him and to be known by him. Look, there, there is too much in the promises. And again, please go through those, those chapters in Jeremiah. The better promises of the new covenant, there's too many of them that are just not in place yet. We can't look at those promises and honestly say, yes, all this has come to pass because it hasn't. Yeshua is the mediator of the new covenant, the better covenant made for Israel and Judah. He didn't make a new religion, Christianity. He is the completion, if you will, of Judaism, the crowning jewel of it. And our faith is decidedly Jewish at the core. When we see the fullness of Israel, the complete restoration, including the new Jerusalem, rebuilt, as Jeremiah says, then we are witnessing the enactment of the new covenant. We are still in the old covenant. As we confess with our mouths, Yeshua is Lord. Even as in the desert, The people with their mouths confessed all the words which Adonai has spoken, we will do. We say it with our mouths, Jesus is Lord, which means I pledge allegiance to him and I will do all the words of his mouth. He is the word of Adonai made flesh. And we believe in our hearts that God has raised him from the dead. The hope of new life in the risen Savior, Messiah, Yeshua. So wait then. How are we supposed to live? We live by faith, as God has always wanted his people to do. Live by faith, loving the Lord our God, Adonai Elohim, with all our heart, soul, and might. We walk in the Spirit and live spiritually-minded lives, lives, which is life and peace. We subdue our fleshly desires. Even as the Apostle Paul talked about, this, and this is the battle Paul described, the mind focused on the flesh versus the spiritual mind. Romans 8, starting at verse 7, For the mindset of the flesh is hostile toward God, for it does not submit itself to the law of God, for it cannot. So those who are in the flesh cannot please God. However, 
you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, Ruach, if indeed the Spirit of God, Ruach Elohim, dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Messiah, he does not belong to him. So once more, we have the Spirit. We have been born again, born anew, born from above, and baptized in the Spirit. We have a measure, a deposit of the Spirit. It is a guarantee of what is to come. The best is yet to come, people. So our life here and now, this is the training ground. This is the practice field for the Messianic age. The millennial reign of King Messiah. As Vince Lombardi said, practice doesn't make perfect. Perfect practice makes perfect. Perfect practice makes perfect. Yeshua said, be perfect as my Father in heaven is perfect. So let's live the life to which we have been called in his Torah, his law, his love letter to his people. And yes, we know, as 1 John says, if we sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Yeshua, the righteous. If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteous, all unrighteousness. Hallelujah. There's one more piece in, in Jeremiah 32, 41 that, that kind of blew my mind also. Jeremiah 32, 41. Yes, I will delight in doing good for them. And with all my heart and all my soul, I will in truth plant them in this land. Wow. See, we know we're commanded to love Adonai with all our heart and all our soul and all our strength. But take a look at that. He says he will delight with all his heart and soul in doing good for his people when he plants us in the land in truth. Hallelujah. All his heart, all his soul. He will delight in doing good. Oh, thank you, Father. Look, I realize I've thrown a lot out there in this episode, and really there's, there's so much more that I want to get onto and get into in this discussion. For now, again, please, I ask you, study to show yourself approved of God. Let his word speak to you and let his spirit lead you in all truth. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Again, I'm a beggar. I found bread. The bread that I found is the bread of life, Messiah Yeshua. And that is the bread that brings eternal life, satisfies eternally. So please, I, I beseech you that such a religious word, I beg you, be reconciled to God through Messiah Yeshua. He has done the work. He paid the price as the sacrifice. Yes, he is the one, the, the, the new covenant, the new agreement is made in his blood. Hallelujah. To be a partaker of that new covenant, we must, we must be partakers of the broken body and blood of Messiah Yeshua. Thank you so much. Again, I appreciate you. Thank you for subscribing, sharing, rating, reviewing, listening, all that stuff. I thank you so much. I appreciate you. 
We got work to do, so let's go out and give them heaven. Shalom.